Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on, my friends? Luca is back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. And it took so long, but you know what? Oh, you stop it. We, we, needed, we needed some, I would say, some buildup to be able to get this man on the show. Uh, and, man, it is a pleasure. It is an honor uh, to have Alan Cosgrove on a Big Life podcast, finally. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to say a couple words before I even <laughs> let you go, okay? Because, first of all, if uh, – I mean, I've talked plenty about it, but if, if you guys didn't hear, like, Alan was actually one of the – He's had a gym for like 420 years. He's the Highlander. Um, he's the OG of OGs. But I mean, I like he was one of my first business coaches in in fitness. Um, did the mentorship actually probably over a decade now. If I I, I got to go look back, um, and certainly a person that's influenced me so much in in many ways, from training to uh, I say gym ownership and the things that we do here. I can trace it back to to doing the mentorship and, and doing coaching with you. And so. I just want to, first of all, you know, give you the homage and uh, the respect that is necessary. Love and appreciate you for that, my friend. All right. Now, now finally, <laughs> I, I'm on the Vega Ground Life podcast because on my goal sheet right here, I had publish a whole bunch of Amazon bestsellers, get a men's health contract, get a deal with Nike, get another book deal, be on the BBC. And then down there, I had like be on Jay Farouge's podcast. But I didn't, didn't worry about that. And then I had it in big letters and, and highlight, and it's just never happened for me. So I just get kids, if you're listening, you focus hard, dreams can come true, and you can you can get on this. Ah, uh, you are the greatest. But yeah, that was we were actually open. Uh, results finished. We're open 20 years this week. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like bittersweet that we're actually closed this week, right? <laughs> like that's the like our 20th anniversaries were not even open today <laughs> you know so craziness i mean tw- just I, I legitimately do not know anybody that's been open for 20 years i mean we've you know we opened the slovenian gym for 14 plus years ago wow and that's and that's a long time ago um and the seattle one's been 11 it's going on 11 in a tw- man 22 decades that's that's crazy now, um, it's been and it's interesting because some of the things that i uh that you put in place, like some of the challenges have been open 20 years. Obviously you've got a solid business, but some of your problems are because you've been open 20 years, right? And it's really <laughs> yeah. hard to change and pivot. And, and I hate to say like blessing in disguise with, with COVID-19, but we were able to do some changes right now that we wouldn't be able to do, you know, just if we were open day to day and busy. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's good, right? That no one, no one's excited to be closed, but there, there are some things like, like everything we've done has been a solution to a problem. But when you've been like, I feel like it's like threads around you. You get little policies or you've got eight different email servers because you've been around that long and different email addresses, <laughs> right? And, and 42 different passwords that different staff had. It's just like nothing's a big deal, but all together, it can be a pain in the ass sometimes. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, 20 sure. years is, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe Todd Durkin or like there's some gyms that are all open longer than that, but they've changed hands a bunch of times. Yep. As a single owner, I can't think of too many. Maybe Todd in San Diego. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I can't. We should call him up and see if. if yeah. This is, <laughs> this is Get your mind right. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no firing up would happen if he got on a call. Um, <laughs> you know what? But with, with that, I wanted to actually, what I wanted to dive into, because like the stuff that, like there's things that you, you know, that I learned from you a long time ago on how to run a business. 
that have stood the test of time and forever will. And like, I guess the gel, my question would, would be, you know, what are the things that um, in nutrition and training, I say, what's the 90% of the things that 90% of the people should do that are going to stand the test of time. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I mean, I'm, you echo in my mind. So I'm pretty sure I know some of them that you'll say, but not completely sure. <laughs> but then there's others that like, there are, there's just shit that's going to need to change yeah. and skill sets that coaches are going to need to build. And there's, you know, there's this kind of like future that, that we're going to have to uh, adapt to. Like, but those two, I kind of want to find, you know, hear from you about the principles that will stand the test of time. Oh, do you, you remember, um, like in the last maybe f five years or longer, like, uh, intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding has become a thing and people have, have looked at it and it yeah it's a strategy right but before that it was we were all saying five to six meals a day it was the only thing we all agreed on <laughs> right it was the only thing we're all like yeah that's the way to do it and that's the one thing that then science is like you're actually wrong on that one boys <laughs> right? but it was the one thing that that we agreed on um i think just to take it slightly different like i can get into like the, the science of it that like you gotta have a a fun time right you've got to have a culture in your gym or even with your training partners that this is something you look forward to Right. If I created the greatest training program in the world for you, Luca, and it was just here's this, 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 this tempo, this rest period. Now take a, a scoop of amino acids and you're just miserable. I predict that won't work. Whereas if we just go in and we crank up the music and we're just doing ridiculous stuff, like that may not be optimal either, but it will work better because of the intensity and the fun. Right. And it's one, one of my things is like, I, I don't, I take it seriously, but I don't want to make it serious. Right, I want to have a, a good time time with it, but uh, um, overall, everything everything comes back to this idea of culture, right? That you're, and if you're a big gym or you're a small facility or you're just you and your couple of training partners, there's like a code of honor amongst you, right? Which is another word for culture, I suppose. But when that's right, you can do a lot of things wrong and still be good, right? So I mean, in terms of training, every single thing that you look at training hard as a key. Like I, I remember writing that interval training worked, resistance training worked better than interval training for fat loss, which worked better than aerobic training. And everybody got mad at me and fights me. But really all I'm saying is harder training works, right? This is harder training than this. So this is going for a walk stuff. That's great, but it's not like, we, we gotta be moving at this end of the, the spectrum and training hard. So, uh, as far as nutrition goes, everything that I look at when I get right down to it, if I can get protein intake up to a certain level and you try to stay away from crap, and this is a Jim Wendler thing, you know what to eat. Which is better for you, fried chicken or grilled chicken? Everybody knows. They just need a strategy, right? They don't need, they don't need more information. But if you get um, calories and protein on point, uh, it doesn't seem to be any difference with diets in terms of uh, results. It's just what you can do, what you can sustain, what you can, sustainability and adherence and what you can enjoy. So it kind of always circles back that I'm like hard training, like great energy, and then just simple, like simple dietary strategies for people. And these things have, we've, we've never really, we just refine it, right? But we never get away from it. Like we get, we never get 
like whenever we get away, we 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 like we go into free weights are better than than machines because you've got to stabilize them, and then we get into laying on stability balls and doing one arm stuff, and then it we're like, yeah, we maybe went a little too far that way, right? And we come back, and it's just this 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 pendulum idea that we're we're uh, like the 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 real truisms, like the the like it's the the mixed martial arts approach as martial arts grow and evolve then it becomes stripped back down to its essentials right which is really what the, the top guys in ufc and stuff are doing and the, no one really does i mean there's a couple of guys will do things occasionally but generally it looks like you know like basic martial arts well-rounded with good conditioning and that succeeds and it's just this uh, a, a relentless focus on the basics ne never hurts you know, you brought something, I was just listening to one of your past podcasts and I, I can't even remember which one it was, but I like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of things like walking and lower intensity cardio for health and everything else. Yeah. But like you may, and, and so, and you said, you know, now you've been attacked because we've proven that that's great for health and whatever, yeah. but, but you made a really good point though. And you said, well, listen, I see people three days a week. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna, yeah. like, I'm not gonna make them do a bunch of cardio, uh, like I'm going to give them the most that I can in that hour, yeah. that session I'm working with. And guess what? That's going to be hard work. Yeah. And it's, it's, I completely agree with you because if you come in here, you're going to bust your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now on the other side of things, like we're big on like, Hey, go for walks and do this. Yeah, and that, I think that's when you Sundays get taken out of context. Cause I never said, don't go for a walk. <laughs> hey, like, that's, that's just, like, that's what people heard though. Right. You know, like that's going to be the quote. I just want to let you know, you're, <laughs> you're going to have the picture with the quote. It's going to Alan Cosgrove says, don't, don't go, go for a walk walks. and low intensity training is shit that's it that's it <laughs> yeah that's that's what people like it, it's i remember reading something in a in a magazine and it was like a or, or a website and it was talking about like no single joint training and like this guy had said that there was no single joint training and i was like ah, like i try to come from a position of curiosity right and i said like, it doesn't i mean compound is better but there's a place for some single joint training i wonder what this guy's talking about and as i keep reading fucking talking about me they think it was me that said that right <laughs> i never said that right <laughs> they, they they read like new rules of lifting or an article where i said here are the movement patterns squat hinge lunge etc right and and we're looking at movements not not the 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 muscles like that was the idea like movements not muscles and my statement was if you get every movement trained you're gonna get every muscle worked. But that doesn't mean we never do like a, a single joint exercise, but it's like that, this was a, a thing talking about me. And I'm like, man, like wait, I write an article about flexibility. You mad that I didn't talk about heavy squats, right? Cause that's not a different, <laughs> it's a different conversation, right? Like, like it's the, like if you have a dog and you don't walk your dog, you're an asshole. Quote me on that as well. <laughs> and that's, you know what? The, uh, you know, when it comes down to coaching and, and I think that I've talked about this kind of like cook and chef analogy the whole time, because I, I want to transition to and talk about the business of coaching, obviously, but um, for, for me, to, like I used to recommend and still do actually the people be like, Luca, what is a good system for training? You know, that's such a broad answer, obviously, right? Yeah. I go, like, well, get new rules of lifting. I said, well, what, what clients are you coaching? Oh, you know, fat loss, lean muscle, like kind of basic general be healthier, move better, build some muscle. Yeah. Like that. I was like, man, get the new rules of lifting. Like there's a bunch of them, you know, obviously, but yeah. here's why, because that's a cookbook because you've done it. And, yeah. and obviously it's not like some shit you made up, but it's like, 
tons of people. Yeah, and I think it's I uh, might be Andy Galpin at Fullerton who uses that kind of idea that, and in, in the beginning, like you haven't. Here's what I need you to do, and you need to add this much flour and this much salt and bake it for this long, and you're just going to follow the recipe, right? Because you haven't earned the right to freestyle yet. Right, as a as a young coach or as a young trainer, like let's just follow the steps, right? And I mean, three full body weight training a week that can take you a long way, right? That that just basic simple that can that can take you a long way, and that's the um that's the kind of premise of it. But it's it's always hard when I'm like that's my principle, and then they're like, all right, can you as part of the book stuff, you got to write out a whole bunch of actual workouts, mm-hmm. and that like I'll be honest, that part gets tiresome. Because I'm writing new things and new things, and I'm like, like just to, if you get the concept, you're you're good to go. And then one of them we said, here's the movement pattern. You choose yourself. That book tanked. That was my <laughs> that was my gift to the to the people. I'm like, here's where you can choose. Like you you can't do dips. You 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 don't need to explain it to me. Here's your exercise menu, and you can pick one. And I set it up like a like a menu where you couldn't take two from the one column. So you couldn't just do a whole bunch of the bench press variations and nothing else you had to pick one from each and i was like this is going to be the shit this book this is going to blow up now and at that one people like they want to be told what to do at, at that level but but that was the the basic idea is and it's funny because um like occasionally i'll see it like someone will buy it right now and they're like it's nothing new here i'm like it was 2004 we wrote that <laughs> i hope i hope it's not new right now <laughs> incredible but it, you know, so with that because, you know, because it does, like sometimes on the podcast, honestly, like I get not like I'm a geek when it comes to training, but I will get bored talking about, cause you know, you understand that a lot of the things that work are somewhat, if we talk about them, they're boring. Yeah. Right? Oh, you should do this and you should do that. And it's like somebody will watch it and go like, oh, like, okay, what's new here? Well, dude, yeah. we didn't get on here to tell you some magical new crazy shit that you're going to do. It's, it's that, um, that. Uh, if you lifted weights three times a week and you maybe hit intervals hard twice a week and you went for a daily walk and you ate a gram of protein per pound of body weight and you took your, your fish oil as your only supplement, right? Or maybe a multi and a, you know, a, a teaspoon of fish oil every day. There's nothing new in what I've said there, but you'd be surprised if you just committed to doing that for three months, right? There's a lot of people like you actually just did that. Right. It's not like we're not like, like how many grams of ashwagandha should I take? Right. Like what these, these type of things. Right. But some like the being brilliant at the basics is still still a key. Like, and it's and it, sometimes it's also um, like when, when I'm working with the client, they got to train hard because a lot of them, this is the only thing they're doing with me. Right. They're not going to go for a walk every day yet. Like they're not going to do other things uh, yet. That that it starts with, um, like what what intervention can I do? And, and we're talking about this with um, somebody on, on our research project. And you're, you're similar. You can test something out, right? And we usually start testing a new thing with our, our staff. I can't give a client something I don't think is going to work. It's unethical and it's just commercial suicide, right? Okay. So I've, I can't I can do research, but you need a control group with research that. Like, I have to start with a program I know works and then make one tweak uh, to see if this will work better. But I can't do that with a paying client because it might work worse. So I have to start that with, with the staff. And, and that's how we, we grow in that direction, right? Like, we, we'll tweak one thing and then it'll become, like, mainstream. But it, over the years, it, kettlebells and the TRX and the, the sandbags, they didn't exist when I opened. Like, 
I remember going to the, uh, I think it was TRX I got, I learned first and I didn't want it to be good because <laughs> I got to rewrite all my <laughs> shit, right? Like you're hope, like you're kind of hoping in the back of your head that it's gimmicky. Like, I hope it's, I hope I don't need one. Like this because I've got to, if it's good, I can't ignore it. Right. And I got to go back and rewrite everything. Then the kettlebells come along and battle ropes and you know, I, I, everybody can tell me that sled, like kettlebells are ancient years old, but no one was doing it in 2000 at any gyms. I can tell you, right. No one was pushing sleds back then either. Right. <laughs> um, like, but that's what I was talking to uh, like maybe Zach Evanish, right. Was, was pushing rocks up hills back, back then, back in 2000, but that's the, uh, that's how it evolves. Like it evolves just a little bit that um, the things come and you, you can't ignore them. And some stuff are arrives and goes by the wayside and you forget about it. Like imagine if you had muscle and fitness magazine from like 2005 and you're looking up the supplements, anything that's still around is probably good. <laughs> right. Most stuff disappears. Anything that stood the test of time might be worth investigating. Yeah, I might have, yeah, I might have to dig into that. It's, a, it's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Because it's new and it's, it's gone now. Like, <laughs> and so what do you think about like, I've, you know, I was talking to Jay about this too. And, and um, like the novelty of training, I mean, because you like same thing, right? You, you train so many people and nowadays I hear this a lot, right? Whereas man, people love doing X, Y, Z because the workouts change a lot. And, and I'll kind of give my thoughts a little bit, you know, later on the group training aspect of it. Cause you guys, obviously whatever large group training has been for you, um, same thing for us. And then where we kind of have a little bit, I think wider boundary on novelty and switching stuff mm -hmm. up, but then with programs like strength training and the things that people do in semi-privates and like it's more structured, but there's people and I would say some smart people that are like, ah, you know, you can just change it around more often and then it keeps people more engaged. But like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I, I mean, I have my own and sometimes I, I go back and forth. But I love it's, to hear it's, it's funny you say that is that what I found that, and this is part of my, my perform better uh, talk this year before uh, all the events got canceled. I actually went the other way with strength training. We were doing four, three to four week blocks of strength training. Then we'd make a change. And over the last few years, I've had better results with repeating every block at least once. Right. So instead of it being a three to four week block, then we do it again for three to four weeks, the same program. The part of that might be that you can see the loads you did three weeks ago and yeah. you always push. Yeah. I don't think it's just that. I think mastery of, of the technique um, yeah. results in, in a better, better result. So now if you're, if your goal is just dieting um, and trying to get as much fat off as possible, just anything that maintains muscle mass is going to be helpful. Right. Uh, and I think in our group class, he's similar to you is we were doing a metabolic class. I, I'm not sure if you're just training for overall cardio or for calorie burning. It really matters too much. If I'm doing 30 second kettlebell swings or 30 second battle ropes, assuming no injuries or anything like that, I think that metabolic work is just metabolic work. You're training for a race. You better be running. You're training for a bike race, you better be on a bike. That's a different question. But I think for I think in the, the weight room and strength training, I think more structure and less variation uh, will work better. Unless you're in one of these people that you really just don't have any goal at all, right? But they don't tend to seek me out and pay my fees, right? They tend to usually have, have something to want to do. I mean, it's like we're, we're talking earlier about like, you know, some mixed martial arts stuff. 
you train that guy wrong, you know what he's going to be doing. You have to prepare him not only for a specific thing, it's a specific date. If he's in better shape a week later, then you blew it. The guy gets smashed, right? We can't afford to freestyle that workout, right? But uh, so I think what we've been doing with our strength training is um, it, it's a three to four week block. And I would say five years ago, every three to four weeks, it changed quite a bit. There's still a thread of it. But what I've been doing um, recently, it'll, it'll say at the, the, the top of the piece of paper, because I was still a piece of paper at that point, right? I wasn't on the app yet. It will, it will say three-week cycle to be repeated twice, right? And so you'll go back, like week one, maybe 10 reps or whatever, and there'll, there'll be a sequence. But week four will be back to week one. But I want it to be heavier loads than you you started yep. so it's really a six-week block but it's the same for two phases or an eight-week block and it's the same and i i found that to and i may change we may do i mean if i ever am able to be, get back on this this podcast i may have changed my mind a year from now that that doesn't work but right now i feel like that's working better and it may just be that you can see the load you used to do and then everyone does an improvement it may just be that but if it's just that, then that's great enough for me because it's better results overall. So I went, I went completely the other way from changing up every time to less change up. I'm on the other end of the spectrum from those guys, at least, at least in the, the, on that weight room side. Metabolically, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure with a non-specific goal. It, the intervals, it's intervals and heart rate, I'm not sure it really makes that much of a difference what exercise I choose to hit, hit that response. Oh yeah, I'll definitely like throw in some feedback on it. I, I think that's very interesting. But I mean, you remember you remember Pavel uh, Pavel's Power to the People? Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, I probably got which was same. It was I mean similar, yeah. same thing. You build it up, you start you know pretty low on that uh, yeah. intensity, build up, go back, and always progress. I got some of the most crazy results with myself and clients doing that. But it was like a really long period of doing yeah. the same exercises. And here's I mean I think more the the questions sometimes become about the client and if they buy into it, it doesn't matter. You do that and you get great results. Yeah. yeah. Or, but if you get somebody that's like, you know, if every like two, three weeks in, they're like, ah, oh, man, can, can we do something else? Then I'm like, all right, shit, I might, I might change this up. Yeah, that, that's fair. And that circles back to my first thing about making it fun, right? If the client is not having a good time with it, it doesn't matter how good it is. The, the ones that I'm getting the best response with this, I, I probably should clarify, are the ones with, specific goals and timelines right that they're trying to do something i've got an an, uh, an american ninja warrior girl that's doing something i got a highland games guy and I'm, they're 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 not training for entertainment whatsoever this mm-hmm. isn't their hobby it's a means to their competition but for some of your general pop clients there's a little part where hey the guy leaned out the guy's got a little muscle he's maybe running a 5k every you know month on the weekend he's you know and he just wants to work out and have a good time and he's not really that concerned about maxing out that deadlift, right? And for him, he's just like, like, I feel there's something that we can't measure about mood, about that, uh, that idea of your, like, uh, how you're excited about training and actually the anabolic response to it. Like, if you're excited about training, uh, it will be better than if you're not excited about training, even if everything else is the same. See, there's, actually- there's stuff, there's a, a study came out recently, and maybe not recently, but it looked at... Um, if, if you did bench press first and then you did tricep work, that your bench would improve more than your tricep. The order was important. Like whatever you trained first was, was the most important. And then they flipped it over with the exact same volume and found that the triceps would improve more. And then they did this as another group of women with 
their compound exercises versus isolation and flipped it. And whatever was done first was improved the most. But there's a little part of that, which is when they made the volume the same, that shouldn't have happened. Like as a science guy, you're like, they did the same work no matter what. They weren't fresher and did more and tired and did less. They did the same no matter what. Whatever we did first got a better result. And I don't think anybody really knows how to explain that. So there's things like this that we don't really know. And I'll tell you, if you're excited to train, I'll get you better results with a bad program than if you're dreading training and it's, a, and it's an amazing program. So again, I think it's that like, like you, you got great strong on Pablo's program and it, it's, it's real simple, like it's real minimalist program. But at some point, like commercially, if your athlete isn't competing in something where they, they make a living or that's what they're doing, there's a little bit of like, they're coming to vigor to have a good time. Like, is it really that important that Monday has to be deadlifts, right? Maybe we could do, maybe we could do arms, you know, we could have a good time that day. Right. So, and, and that's the, the art of coaching, right? Like the, that little part that, that I'm not sure everybody, everybody gets, you know? No, that's what I want to jump into more too, because I mean, I had to, you know, kind of uh, drop the ego there, you know, believing like, man, you know, because when you geek out on training, like I know more. Yeah. Than anybody. But then, and then you realize that like, uh, you know, a coach might make a training session that you would look at and go like, hmm. But the, the client's like, oh, I really like this training session. Yeah, yeah. But yours was like, eh. And, and you go like, shit, like actually it's all about like, if they love it, they come back, that means they're going to be more consistent. If they're more consistent, it's not actually that big of a deal uh, if the program is somewhat different. I mean, still smart and obviously safety with, with the quality of. Uh, well, the well, there's also like, uh, do you want to be, do you want to be effective as a coach or do you want to be right? Right. Like, cause if you want to be right, we can have this argument, but you're losing that athlete. You're losing that client. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, that this program could be better, but if the person is genuine, that's why celebrity programs are so popular. Cause you're like, I want to look like I'm, I'm doing the same program as Ryan Reynolds. I'm doing the same program as, as these guys. And pro, I mean, I'm not, Don Saladino's a good coach. He's Ryan's trainer. And I'm not, that was just a name I pulled out. I wasn't making fun of anybody. <laughs> Shots fired. We're going to make sure we cut this sucker out and send it to him. Um, <laughs> but, but it's because, you know, we started with culture and like the culture. Okay. Forget about like, let's, let's not even, I mean, I guess you can't, you can't uh, pull them apart. The culture of, even if you have your own gym or not, but like, if you're a coach, there's a culture amongst your clients. There's a culture amongst yeah. Even if you're out, you know, if you're renting a space out in the gym, you know, what are some things and and we've both been like really big on this, right? Obviously, I believe environment triggers behaviors and, and helps people be more committed. And, you know, you, you, you want to have this, um, I guess, the standards of the tribe. You live up to the standards of the tribe. So if everybody's working hard and fit and eating better, what, even without your coaching, they're going to do better most of the time. And, you know, if you kind of had like a person sit down in front of you, that's an up and coming coach that's had a couple of years under his belt and said, and he said, Hey, Alan, like what, you know, from looking back, like what are some, uh, I guess, how could you mentor me on improving the culture uh, within my business? And even if it's a solo person to me, you're the business of you. So yeah. what, what would be, because, because I feel like that is so influential and in not only getting people results in training, We'll talk about business in a little bit, but it's, it, it affects both dramatically. So I think it, it starts with this recognize, like recognition that there's a culture there anyway, 
right? Even if you don't realize it's there, it's there. And it could be like a bacterial culture that's just growing and is nasty, right? Because you're not shaping it. But this understanding that there's a culture in your gym and if you don't own it, it's going to develop itself and you may end up with little cliques in the gym and like people, like it, it could be like people aren't training. There's one coach thinks a different way of training. One coach thinks another way, right? So the first part is just understand that there's a culture there. And then the, the way I, I like to shape it is like what, if you if I was to say who's a role model for for you like who's your favorite athlete who's your favorite is there anything here it's usually you say like all right my favorite athlete is is Michael Jordan it's because of something he does right my favorite athlete is Floyd Mayweather my favorite athlete is Mike Tyson with all of those people I could find flaws in them that that's not why they're your favorite there's something else about them that they that is why that you're a fan and it's usually like discipline or it's usually like that guy's a, he's a bit of a renegade or his work ethic. These are things that are important to you. And then just get it out of your head. And on, I'm, I'm big on getting out of your head and on a paper. It doesn't have to be on a, on a sign in the gym yet, but it needs to be out of your head. Like these are the things that make my stomach churn, right? These are the things that I, I aspire to be. And, and what is it? Like I, one of ours is have fun and a sense of humor when you're training. And I know other guys who training is serious and that there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just, I would be unhappy in that environment. Like I, I want to joke around and have a good time. So for me, like this, this has to be part of the rules, right? This has to be like, it, it's like a code of honor. So when you start seeing culture and I just say like, what's important to you? What's your, what's your code of honor? What's the, are you a man of your word? Right? Like, and some people, like, everybody says they're a man of their word, but some people are not and they know it. But that's not important to you. It's not, I'm not mad at you, right? It, it, it's, um, I don't think there's any strong or weak core values. or, or core, uh, there, I don't think there's any right or wrong core values. It's only strong or weak. It's just things that matter to you or not. And, and you start shaping that. And people who don't fit into that can't be part of your organization. Clients too, right? Like teammates and clients, they all have to fit. They all have to have this type of, like, is it, teamwork or is it every man for itself like I, I don't know what's important to you but it's identifying these things and just going through some questions as to what what is it that that like if if somebody's um like uh if somebody's rude to someone did, does that really bother you and make you want to fight or do you just feel like that guy's pathetic or it doesn't ignore you like like it, it doesn't bother you you there's things that are going to really bother you there's things you're going to resonate with your things are going to be repulsed by and start putting them together and just think of these words that are like important to you right like and it, it's the the um like it's your internal operating system and most people have upgraded their phones more often than they've upgraded their own mindset you know and that, that's where, where you start i think that the if i said to a young coach here's the program we're going to give the client and here's the equipment that you need. Here you are. Do you think I could get a better result than you in that situation? All young coaches usually say, yeah, I think, I think you could. I'm like, why? What am I doing differently? But I've given you the menu. I've given you the sets and reps and the equipment. You should be able to match me at least. And it comes down to the two things is that the culture of being my athlete, or in my organization is going to be a difference maker. And then also some of the stuff that Nick Winkleman's bringing out right now with the language of coaching, your ability to coach, 
right? Not not just count reps and, and try to get through the list of exercises, right? That like, and I can remember being that young coach and you're just, I'm looking at the sheet of paper. I'm not looking at the athlete, you know, and that's going to be the, the difference maker. And I'm not saying programming isn't important, but if I, I can give you my programs, you can get new rules of lifting and you can do the kind of stuff I'm doing, but you won't outperform our culture and you won't outperform a, a great coach. Right? And I think that's the, that's the stuff that the next level coach will be learning. It, like how, how to coach and how to develop this. this uh, like if, you, if you keep goldfish and the fish gets sick, you, you don't treat the fish, you treat the environment. And it's even down to how the gym looks, like the music, these are all things, right? Like uh, silence for some gyms. Oh my good! Could you imagine that? No, no music, no noise. Oh my goodness! But yeah. for somebody that could be important, right? That is, we want it, want it quiet. Um, but that's all of these things are going to be difference makers. So when we're starting talking about, like, what's the what's the best training program in the world? I'm like, and what type of environment? You have the best training environment in the world. That that, that with a with a great program, the results will be magical. People won't believe the results you're getting because of that that magic together. Like. A great program, a great environment and culture. And, and, and if you think of environment as, as not just the surroundings, as the, the language that everybody uses together, like the, uh, I mean, high fives, we high five or fist bump at the end of every class until recently, right? But uh, like that, that type of energy, we have a bell in the gym um, and it's like, look, it's like Pavlov's dogs now. And if somebody gets a PR, they go ring the bell. You hear the bell ring at my gym, everybody cheers. They don't even know what's happened yet. They just hear the bell ring and everybody cheers like, because we're all rooting for each other to get better. Man, there's so many things that you said that I'm just like, I mean, I can, I can tell that one, you coach me. <laughs> because it's like all the, yeah, but you also, you had to resonate with me. Like I can't make culture important to you if you just don't buy in. You know, well, like yeah. that, that's part, that comes from you. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's funny, you brought up, uh, actually I just had Nick on, on the podcast. Uh, and his book is, is, is great. And so the thing that you brought up, I have this, you know, I started over time kind of writing stuff out, like as far as concepts and principles. And I, I feel like the four foundational ones are culture. Well, actually, it starts with coaching. So it's coaching, culture, customer experience, and connection, right? Those are the four. Yeah. And none of them. And, I, and I, I'm a believer that you got to have a good base foundation of, you know, knowledge of the anatomy and body and training. Um, you, you can't just not know that stuff. But with that said, if you don't have those other four C's, it doesn't that's matter. The, the, the way I would describe that is like, that's the fence around your clients, right? And if any one of those fences are down, like the coaching isn't strong, that's where they leave. They'll leave because the coaching fence is down, that's a great right? And, and I think everyone has this, this type of fence, right? And our, like, ours that we've used is a community trust uh, um, recognition and care, like just if if we don't have a community, right? Like the same, which is another a, a thing that contributes to culture, then you're just a number, and you you can leave through that fence. If you don't trust your coach giving you the best results, if you don't get recognized, and that can just be a high five or something, and and that's your idea is this this is a fence around people, and not if you if you guys are listening, to this, think about like four things like that in your business. And think of the last client that left you. They left down one of those walls. One of those fences were down, and that's where they, that's where they go. Because 
any, you could open with all the new rules of lift and books with a cheaper, better equipped gym across the street from me. And I don't think you'll take anybody. Right. I, I heard this from Annie Renner years ago. I don't think uh, anybody can steal my clients. I can lose clients. And that ownership is just a different thing. And you've, you've got to dial, dial Jair in, but that's, the, that's, that's your retention model. Any one of these is weak, and that's where, the, that's where they'll escape. So you know what? Like, I kind of, because this is a question I wanted to ask. I think it's definitely somewhat connects because, you know, you're, you're huge on systems. I mean, every business owner should be. Uh, and, you're, you know, your story, for anybody that doesn't know, Alan's beat uh, cancer twice, stage four, two times, correct? Yep. And uh, because you're a savage like that, by the way. Um, and not doing it again. That's not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Um, but, but that's kind of what forced you to really, really dive into systems and build systems. And I, I still, I mean, I can honestly say like, I've done a lot, but I'm still like, ah, oh, shit, I, I got to build even more systems. And, um, but you know, here, here's the thing, especially when it comes to, to teams and things, how do you, you know, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of or read uh, Seth Golden's linchpin, mm-hmm. right? And I always say like Emeth versus linchpin, you know, and how can you integrate both? Meaning if you got a team or a system, how do you run that system? But at the same time, you know, not have robots and have people be, uh, you know, help them become indispensable, I guess, you know, and just, I guess what your thoughts around that are, because I'm definitely like, I've battled with this because I don't want to have robots. I want to have valuable, uh, a valuable team and have them be themselves and, you know, build them up and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, have a system that works and follow that system. Well, I think it's, it's a high level question because of where you're at. Right. And that um, there's in, in the medical world, they use the term standard of care, right? There's an, if you go to, if you have, let, let's stay with, with cancer, if you have cancer in London or you have cancer in New York or you have cancer, that there's a standard of care, there's a science that people are supposed to stick to as doctors that you have to expect as a patient, right? The standard of care. And I think that's where systems come in is that when I'm expanding my team is like, I don't, right now, I don't need this young coach to bring me his hot new take on how we should do things. The only reason I'm hiring is because there's too much demand for me. And here's the standards that we expect from our clients, right? And so here's how we do things here. Right, but we are we are like a, a basketball team, or we are like a, a soccer team, where everyone has their role with a common goal. And as you grow within our organization, yeah, you're a rookie and you're a youth player and you're coming up, and then you make it to the team. You have a role, and the system evolves because of you. But what what I don't want is any differentiation and differentiate differentiation in the standard of care to the client. It doesn't mean that we use the same words. Right? It doesn't mean that, that we're, we're exactly the same, but at some level, it can't be freestyling. And that's what I, th- I think that the, 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 the misinterpretation is the, the, there's systems that are like, like guidelines that we stay here and we've got a little flexibility in it, but it's about standard of care. The opposite of that is freestyling where you're completely winging it. That's when you're, you're, you're making your own cookie recipe with no thought as to what you're doing. Some people are not allowed to do that yet, right? You've not earned the right to, to experiment and add extra chocolate chips to my cookie recipe. This is how we do things here, right? But there's, there's a part that I, I think as it grows is that if you take it away from sets and reps, 
and start talking about like how how this customer should be treated like is there room for freestyling and how you you greet a customer and um, maybe a little bit that you high five somebody and you're like, hey what's up or somebody a little more respectful but there's never room to be rude right that's never gonna gonna happen so that there's so there's a so that's, there's a solid question but it's an advanced level question for most people starting up you you need probably need tighter systems before you can relax them mm. but it it's and I think the the key over over time is it stops being my system, and starts being ours, and it evolves together. And you you've got a say in it and and how we do things. And it's like everything. The primary question has to be: Does this deliver better results or improve the environment for the client experience? Right. It, if it doesn't, if the answer is not yes to one of those questions, then it's going to be a no. Right, and it fits again in with your your you know customer experience co- coaching, right? That that everything is if we're not going to get if it doesn't move this forward, then then it's a no in our, in our system. But part of the system has to be this um, uh, like I feel like science is uh, science is never done. Science is a dialogue. As we find out more things, we move forward. And I feel like systems in a business has to be the same way. Is that that it's a, it's a dialogue. We're evolving it and, and getting getting better all the time. Is if you find a better way to cue a kettlebell swing, then I, I want us all to know it because we're a team, right? Like you and it may, it may be the system will be when it comes to kettlebell swings, we send them a Luca, right? Because he does it the best, right? But that may be the system. But it it could be that I'm like, all right, what are you doing? And you need to teach us this because. To, together we we'll will be better. So, yeah, it's a. I think it's just systems can't be rigid. It's got to be. It's got to be dynamic. And so, yeah. So, a couple of things because I'm like looking at my notes on what you actually talked about there. Um, one thing, like yes, because you talked about like for instance that you love building uh, from the inside out, which I do too. Actually, like basically getting clients that become yeah. that become coaches. But just on on that side of things, like it goes back to values because, and, and I wonder if you guys do this, right? When you have a value and you have like a tagline for a value, and that's another thing I got from you, but what we start doing is, you know, asking a question, okay, like without me explaining what that value looks like and means to me, you go to uh, the, the coach and say, Hey, listen, Jess, tell me like, what is, you know, what is an incredible customer experience look like from the time the coach comes in and I'm just backing off, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and they're like, well, man, it, this and this and this and this. And I'd, I'd actually write this stuff down, right? Yeah. And go, okay, what do you think? Uh, because that, I think that's what the key is, right? Like, what is a, what is a good enough rep? Hey, yeah. what do you think that is, right? Yeah. You, because then what you end up doing, you do start creating, I feel like, a standard and boundaries of what everybody adheres to. I mean, it's kind of like the... Uh, and, and hopefully it elevates all. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because there, I mean, there's stuff like I know, I know I have coaches that are so good at like the making people feel cared for. Uh, and I feel like I'm really good at it, but like, they'll do something. I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. The thing that you do. Yeah. Let's, tr- let's work on making that the standard for everybody. Cause yeah, I'm not- and, and it's, it, you've almost got to go, what went through your head with this? Cause I need yeah. to, I need to document that so I can do yes. like, I can try the same line of thought to hopefully to get close to the same result. And I think that's, that's the system where I'm like, yes. like, in, like what made you like, how did this come into your head? And it, it just start with like a simple one is like, like we'll video a, a rep. And I'm like, is that rep acceptable? 
And some days it's a trick question for my guys. It is. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You didn't need to overcoach it. <laughs> we yeah. didn't need to spend on it. But then it's then it's following sort of Nick Winkleman's thing. What's the one thing? What's the one thing we want to fix with that? Like what's the what's the key thing to and what's the cue, right? Because we can't just dump everything on them at once. But it it's the like and I'll see it with young coaches. I mean, how can you not see that that's wrong yet? And I always take the blame myself, right? It's always on, on me in the beginning. But it's the same with, with anything that's maybe more intangible, like a, uh, bring your best today, like only good days and great days, high energy, like like keep leading. The things that we do is what what does that mean to you? Yes. And because I mean, we do it with queuing too. I'll queue an exercise and you're not getting it. And then I feel like another coach says the exact same thing that I said and you get the exercise now. And I'm like, well, like we didn't, like we, we need to make sure that what we think is the, is the same, but it's, it's not, um, it, it can't be dogmatic. It can't be completely rigid. It has to be dynamic and that's how you, you grow. Because you're, if you've got good talent coming in, you saw something in them and now you're gonna nurture them and grow and their, their experiences are gonna be worth something, right? And their experiences with you are gonna be worth a lot. And, and eventually they, the student becomes a teacher, right? I, I, one of those quotes, and, and I forget who said it, everybody you meet is better than you at something, right? <laughs> and you can learn something from them. And it's, I think that's the same even with your young coaches, yeah? I, absolutely. I, I mean, I just think there needs to be more conversations around that because you know, what, you know what I remember? I remember when you came out with your core values, and that was quite a long time ago. And what happened, and I was still, you know, writing down my own and not sure if they are. I mean, now we've yeah. got them pretty dialed in. Um, but then what I would see is like, I don't know, 50 other gyms that core values were results fitness core values. I mean, yeah. like word for word, you know, like yeah. their logo. I, I've seen one and I, I forget where the gym was, but it was word for word in the same order. And it's fine. Right? Like I, I appreciate that. And, and they're not, you're not going to do a bad job with them, but I don't really believe you. I don't really believe they're your core values and I'm not accusing you of anything, but one of your core values should have just been, I'm going to copy what results fitness does. Cause that's what you, that's what you actually believe. Yeah. Right. And I'm not like, I'm not mad at all for people who are doing that, but I'm like, you can do better. You have your own ones. Right. And, it, and I, but I think it's a, it's a starting place. Cop for sure. Like it's Mike Boyle says that the first class he would teach if he was a college professor was sit next to the smartest guy in class and write down what they write down, right? <laughs> like other, other teachers call that cheating. Mike, you know, like that's how we, we learn. But yeah, you, it, it, it's got to be your own, right? It, I mean, that's because it's think not real otherwise. Yeah. And that's what more of the, I mean, shit, like, I don't know how many, I still copy a ton of stuff, right? If I think it's great and that's the best way for me to, at this point in time, uh, implement it. Yeah. Uh, but on the core, but I think on a core values thing, what happens is just like what you said, there's already a culture there, right? Yeah. So if, if I go, man, it would be great to have these, but is that what you're really doing? Cause then you got to ask yourself, even for all of you guys core values to go like, okay, what does, you know, make this the best part of the client's day. And you already know, I know I'm off by heart, but this yeah. time, like, okay, what would that look like? All right. Okay. Once again, what would that look like? And, and then you got to start going down and go like, okay, here's the value in the tagline, but like, what does that look like? And then go, am I actually doing that? Or am I anywhere close? Yeah. I got I to start doing yeah, it's, it. It's in practice. And like, and you don't want to be this like completely emotionless robot as a coach. Right. But if I hear too many stories about your dog 
or your new boyfriend, right? This is a, you're robbing money from this client right now. They are paying for your time. So part of being the best part of the member's day is to be about them, right? So I'm like, there's, you know what that means, but let's see what that means in practice. Let's see little strategies that we can do to, to, to do that. But it, it, like you said, is it's, you, um, you've got, what, what does it, we added one, we had 10 and it was not really nice. And then we added one about a, a communication because it was becoming an issue internally. Like I would tell you something and you like got it. And then you, I don't want to say you didn't get it. You did not understand what I meant. And I did not clarify with you that you understood what I meant. So we had to change, we had to add communicate clearly with mutual understanding and one of our core values because it's dynamic. Like it, it goes away. And I always see ones with, um, like there'll be something about integrity on there. And I'm always like, if you have core values, you already have integrity. You don't need to put that up there. <laughs> right. That was just, just added in. Like, I don't say you shouldn't have integrity, but it's, it's an interesting, like, uh, like, uh, we, we should have integrity. I'm like, Okay, good. We will be <laughs> honest people. Right, come on. <laughs> what yeah. you mean with honesty is usually transparency is what you mean, right? But it's uh, develop, develop your own. But what, like, yeah, as you're touching on, what does it look like in, in an actual practical application of this? What, what, does, what does that, like, what would your behaviors be, right? Because your values are going to shape your behaviors. And I, I mean, I know it's cliche, but I think right now with, you know, what we're going through, I think, uh, culture is showing to be more of a factor than ever. Right? I mean, we just talked about this before, but yeah. cause you can't, cause you know, when shit hit the fan, like there's nothing that you can do from, you know, this Monday to, yeah. you know, two Mondays from now, that's going to completely alter the way that your business and running and, and, and culture and everything else. And, and that's why I think hopefully, you know, right now, if you're in the midst of this, or if you're starting a business or if you listen to this, I don't know when, that you know it's something that you take very very seriously because um I'm, I'm thankful that i had the people around me to coach me and guide me and show me the importance of it yeah. to where it it didn't become a thing that's a side thing it became a thing that i would think about every day and and put into motion like these behaviors hey what are these behaviors and and like i said you know i, I don't know when you come in here i remember uh, when we get interns and stuff and go like man you just went around the gym and gave a hundred people uh, like high five or your own little thing that you do with them. And it's like, I do that every <laughs> yeah. single time. And that became, you know, when it was 20 clients, it was 20, then it was 30, then it was what, whatever. I just kept doing that. But then that becomes part of the culture. Like you have to write down those actions that you're going to do. And you know, whatever, if that means, um, you know what I used to do a lot of when, um, especially I remember when I, I was going through uh, the mentorship and I would, I would start having four by six cards in my pocket every day. And the night before I'd write out like uh, the client that come in something that I wanted to do for them or a little story to tell, or like my little bullet points of stuff that I want to keep doing. And I, man, I, I had that card in my pocket. I shit you not for about seven years, like every night I do it. But what would happen is I come in and look at the card and like, okay, here's what's coming in today. Here's what I got to do. And then I do it. Right. But that started creating a culture and people would be like, man, you're always ready. You always got something. You always got this little extra. Um, but that was that was part of a system. And that was part of my culture of, hey, I'm never going to let stuff slip through the cracks. Yeah. And I'm going to show up and be you know, excellent and be above and beyond. And but you can't you know, you can't listen to a podcast and go like, wow, these are great ideas. Tomorrow you wake up, you do the same thing that you did. You don't have 
I don't know if I show you my phone, there's a shit ton of reminders that pop up every day, but they, you know, they help me do the thing that I want to, uh, I guess, you know, the I think you you touched on it is that how do you become, how do you become great like that? How do you become a great coach with, with that great energy? Well, when you once were not great, well, you started by investing in yourself and learning and it started with a daily practice of here's what I'm going to do today on this piece of card. Like this is like, and you're going to do it because you wrote it down. Like if you write it down yourself and you don't do it, you are a loser of epic proportions. No one made you do it. You wrote it down yourself and you lied to yourself and didn't do it. So that's not going to happen. The fact that you're writing it down and then eventually you don't need the card. Because this is who you are now. Like you've you've put in the reps, and that's like, it's like yeah. If you listen to a podcast and you get something out of it, that's great. We're not here to entertain you. We're here to educate you and make you better, right? And that's the idea. Is that if I like, I'm not good at remembering a client's favorite TV show. Let's say that's something you want to talk about when they come in. Write down your client's favorite TV show and put it on a card, right? So that you you have it, like. I have notebooks, right? I have notebooks and videos and podcasts recorded and things on, on my, my phone. And I've got so many notes on my phone of just things that, that I'll write down because I'm not going to remember it, right? And, then, and I'll write it down in big detail because I hate looking back and not knowing what I meant. Like I, I remember just writing one down once or like three words and I'm like, what did, what did I mean by this? This is <laughs> writing down, I can't even remember it. But, but you're, you're doing that as how it becomes an innate skill right and i know like the, all the only thing that changes is the card you're working on another skill at another point and like i when 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 covid 19 first kind of like arrived people were asking like what can you do as a business to pivot what can you do and i'll be honest that a lot of the gyms are going to survive because of what they did already with their culture and with their community like it it's it's hard to scramble and start acting like you care to your members who don't think you care yeah. for this whole time. Like it's it, it it's a lot of the stuff that that vigor sur- surviving and results is, is surviving is based upon what we had already put in place. N- not that any of us saw this coming, but that that culture takes a while to grow and develop, and it it yeah it can be destroyed, but it takes a long time to destroy a strong one, right? And that that's the idea. Is a lot of us are going to survive and thrive based on what you've already done. So if you listen to this, it's time to put that type of stuff in place. That that relentless, like, like Luca's a perfect example of this like uh, intellectual restlessness that there's always gotta be another book. There's gotta be something else to read. There's something else I have to learn. And this, like if everything's running smoothly, you're the type of guy like myself, you start getting antsy. Because oh, yeah. like if we're staying the same, we're slipping. Right, we we have to be improving, and and uh, like it's you, you read a book and it's the the worst book you've ever read, and there's nothing in it. Yeah, there's something in it. There's one idea you got, like there's something you can do, or something you're like I'm never doing that. Reminder not to do that, right? and that that um it, like that intellectual restlessness and this strive for for constant and the 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 kaizen principle of this constant never ending improvement is it it just goes the same as that it I think is is and the fitness industry, it went to constant and never-ending improvement in terms of pounds on the bar. But it could be in your relationships and it could be in your communication to, to your members, right? And there's like the, the, 
game is going to be won. Like everything about coaching is just about a relationship, right? Like, and then once they realize that your, your relationship with your athlete is strong, they'll train harder because they trust you and you, they, they won't betray that trust and, and neither will you. And then everything gets better. So you're seeing a high level coach and a high level athlete doing a basic program and getting results beyond your imagination because of the intangibles that they've built up over time. And as I was actually talking to Adam Bornstein a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him like, what's the thing that, you know, in the future that's already relevant, but like, it's going to be so, I don't know, even more valuable now is connection, whether it's, whether it's yeah. um, offline or online, I think, but, but I guess I, you know, what, what I started with, what, what do you think are some things that start becoming because of this, you know, because of COVID-19 and how things are going to be after, like what becomes a non-negotiable skill set that people maybe didn't need as much of, but like moving forward, it's like, if you're a coach, like it's non-negotiable now, like you got to have it, you got to build it. Uh, you know, the future without having that is you're not going to make it. Yeah. I think I'm going to two things here. None of, none of us understand this. We're not epidemiologists, right? We don't yeah. understand this, but what we do understand is that social isolation is a real issue, right? People get sick with it. Right. And a lack of fitness is a real issue. And so, on that, a fit guy on their own will be in worse shape than someone socially isolated who's unfit. Like, it sounds crazy. Like, it's it's that powerful is that connection is going to be so big. I think right now, the, the thing that is a, a non-negotiable is how can you show up for your members, right? It, we talked before that um, it's a Jim Collins line, like, good is the enemy of the great, that don't settle for good enough when you can be great. And I think that holds true nearly all the time. But right now, it's about speed. It's about moving quickly and, and reaching to your people. We, we did a video at 2.30 on the 16th of March, because LA County were still opening gyms. And at 3.30, gyms were closed. And at 4.30, we had our first streaming class up. And that evening, we're videoing workouts so people can work out at home. And then we're uploading them to the website so they can get it. I'm in the Facebook group writing out, like, here's a sample nutrition program right now. Like, and we're just, we may have went a bit too much in the beginning because we were showing up so much. We were like, ah, there's too many programs, too many things. But my goal is that I, like, I can't show up in in a physical form anymore. I can't, right now I can't talk to you in the gym. I can't high five you, but I'm going to show up on Zoom. I'm going to show up on Facebook Live and the Facebook group. Um, I'm going to text you or call you. And the one thing that you can't do right now is not show up. Like that is a non-negotiable. And it, the office hours have went away a little bit, right? Now it's a, it's a little broader than it used to be, right? And you've just got to keep keep showing up and keep connecting. But most importantly, it's about, and, and everybody's heard this, you've got two eyes and two ears for a reason and only one mouth. That's four pieces of input, right, for one output. So you got to listen to, to your, your clients, listen to your people. But I, I think, um, I, I, as I was saying earlier, um, I don't like the term virtual, right? Virtual reality to me was fake reality. I'm not showing up virtually for anybody. I'm showing up for real. It's just remote. It's just digital, like it's going to be online or on the phone or, or whatever way I can show up for my people. Like, uh, and that, that part is the non-negotiable. If you're waiting to get back in touch with your people uh, until you're physically reopening, until you're, you're able to, 
not do social distancing and you can open your gym, those people are gone. They're gone. They're already gone and they're, they're, they're looking for people like me, right? And they're looking for people like, like Luca and the team at Vigor because we're, we're, we're wrapping our arms around them, right? Everybody's scared. Everybody's freaking out. No one knows what to do. And the one thing that they don't need to worry about is, is their coach going MIA, right? So, I mean, you, you, you softballed me the answer that connection's going to be the thing, but it's, it's just this idea that you can't show up the same way as you used to. So you have to show up more ways like the, the, um, and Nick talks about it in his book, People Learn Visual, Auditory, or Kinesthetic. If you don't know uh, visual, auditory, or kinesthetic, you have to teach all three ways. You have to tell them what you're, what, show them what you're going to do so they hear it, and then you have them try it, right? And then you eventually learn how they like to be coached. Well, it's like this right now. Some people don't want to be on video on Zoom. Some people just want to get a text or they want to just like, I've got people that we're in the Facebook group and then they'll send me a private message on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, that's how they want to be communicated to. Like, that's how we have to figure it out. Right. Like, or a, or a DM on Insta. Like that's how they want to figure it out and, and be communicated to. So you got to, you've got to show up, you've got to connect. And it's, um, all our guys right now are getting a, a 15 minute one-on-one -on -one zoom call with their coach, uh, during the, during the week. I, it's been so popular when we reopen, uh, it may be an upgrade for a membership to keep that going, right? Or maybe uh, we swap something. It, it would be, I'll, I'll be honest, from a business point of view, it'll be hard to add it across the board going forward, right? When we're back on a full schedule, but people are, people are liking the check-in, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like I'll, one of my athletes is uh, my, my ninja girl. She'll send me her program every day on Instagram or on Facebook, and then she'll ta if she's not got a training day, she'll tag me in her story on Instagram, like, so that she, so it's it. like, I see you, I see you, like, it's, it's like that, and you've just, you've got to show up, you've got to connect, and you got to keep showing up. And I mean, those are all great points, because I do feel like we're learning some stuff now that it, it hopefully, you know, it does carry over into the future, whatever that means, uh, although some things might not be you know, if you're doing seven, eight hours of training a day, you might not be able to do three hours yeah. of Zooms, 15 minutes, but, yeah, yeah. but it does open the conversation for, Hey, how do we do this? Um, one of the things that I, you know, and I don't know if you, if you would agree with this or not, like I've just been very, very big. And this is maybe more, um, I think it's connected both with communication, but then also marketing is that like, if you're not working on getting better on video, uh, I think you're going to have a really big, like a tough time because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I went really kind of all in on that like years ago. Um, and now it's helping us because I'm comfortable in front of video. Very, very, like, I mean, I love it. it and it's, um, but it took thousands yeah. of videos and speaking and getting you know, all that stuff. Right. Like, but what, what we're seeing, number one, like I'm better at communicating um, whether it's coaching or anything else, but also, you know, we're, we're putting out so many videos in the community that like I'll go to, you know, obviously restaurants are closed now, but even a couple months ago, if I go to a restaurant people are like, oh man, you're a fitness guy, you're Luca, you're, you know, yeah. uh, and, and because there's thousands of people seeing it while I'm sleeping, um, but it also helps too. Like as soon as, you know, we shut down and we went online, I mean, you know, I, I go on video and like, I, I feel like the presentation of me coaching is a lot better and engaging than if you've never done it and then you're a little bit clumsy with it and whatnot. Yeah, so it, it's an, it's a, uh, again, I hate saying it, the new normal, 
right? There's a new skill set that's rapidly needed in order for, like, you needed to understand kettlebells in a hurry. You needed to understand TRX in a hurry or, or the DVRT sandbag system. You need to learn that stuff. You need to learn kin stretch. You need to learn this stuff, yeah. right? There's another skill set now, and it's being on video and it's public speaking. And so, man, some of these politicians could do with a couple of public speaking classes. I'm just throwing <laughs> out there. Get to the, the, the LA County lady yesterday said, oh, what I said there was taken out of context. You need to explain the context now. Once you've, once you've let yourself <laughs> off the hook, now's your chance to put it correct. And you didn't do that because like, you don't know how to speak. But yeah, your, your skills on video. Hey, listen, and, and I'm not. Um, Beachbody, which is a, a huge organization, Mark Chang did a, a, a course with them. Yep. Um, they're right now, uh, I think it's 100 bucks for the year of all their programs, P90X, all their stuff. That is professionally filmed edited multiple camera angles high definition tv at less than what we are charging you can't play in that realm you, you've got you've got to have that level of, of presentation now you can't play at that that money investment so you've got to show up with the engagement that's why we switched yeah. to zoom instead of facebook live so i can see people right and I, I can talk to them and i try to get the people who worked out together on at the same time so they can see each other because we can show up as a better coach than any on-demand video in the world right but you've you've got a new skill set now hey if they if they take this away and they take the video away you've got to work on your podcast skills like your auditory skills if they take that away you better be working on your writing but you like it's you better be working on some type of communication skills and it's uh you're uh, obviously you saw this coming you were preparing for this you were you were ready getting good on video because you saw this coming what's coming next from from you luca right you saw uh, the pandemic you were like i better be good on video i see what's coming next year right? but that, me, that's me, the idea you. like, like <laughs> you, you've got to have like um when i've i've got a video i'm going to cut it's from metabolic acceleration training it's me doing the intro and it's awful <laughs> and it's all these people like that you know, you're a good presenter you're a natural speaker i'm gonna i'm gonna put that up i'm gonna show you that no i'm not <laughs> right it's it's a skill like any other and you have to work at it right if you're going to be be teaching it i can tell you i'm not as good on a webinar when you don't see my face and i don't see people right when i'm just showing the powerpoint slides because i don't get the energy right but if yeah. that's the world we're going to have to be in i'm going to have to fix that Right, I'm going to have to learn learn that skill. But it's you. You've you're absolutely right. Is that uh, it's it's not. I don't like seeing myself on camera. Yet, oh dear, how sad. Too bad. Right, <laughs> it's time to move. Right, this is how we're doing it now. Yeah, which I mean, which is I don't know if for anybody that's listening to this and haven't seen Alan speak. I mean, he's horrible. Um, which is why I you know. That's why I fake the accent. Yeah. Is, like I, I put the I, Scottish I, accent on to try like distract <laughs> that there's no content, you know. <laughs> on, on a serious note, if you haven't seen Alan speak, you have to. It's I, I legitimately have probably now seen you speak. It has to be at least forty times now, maybe fifty. I mean, yeah. live and uh, yeah, it never it never gets it never gets old. It's always great. But I mean that that goes back to same thing. I I feel like that in itself is a great um, you know because I started speaking before anybody asked me to speak at the gym, you know, it's like we had the nutrition seminar, the mobility workshop, and, and that's how it begun. It was like, well, I don't, I don't need to be on a big stage. I just need to be able to do stuff at the gym for the local community. Um, and it's helped so much. So I, I would say accelerate that for sure, because it's going to help you out. And it's unfortunate, man. Like I, 
you know, I'm, you coach a lot of people in, in business and I'm sure you, you share stuff. Like I'm like, guys, do a seminar at the gym every eight weeks, you know? Yeah. People are like, man, that's a great idea. You know, six months later, like, hey, have you done, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get to it. And, yeah. but the thing is, if somebody said, okay, well, Lucas said do a seminar and now they're doing one every month, man, they're really gonna get ahead of you. you that, know? That's, and, that's all that like Toastmasters was when I joined it, is it was a speaking engagement every week at this little meeting you're for, and then he realized that like, I'm going to do a staff training. Why don't I make it a, a presentation yes. right mm -hmm. now? I've got another 52 speaking engagements a week and then I can do one for my members. If you're listening to this, do a 15 minute zoom presentation or a Facebook for your, just record it. Don't worry about it and get it out to your members right now. Just get the reps in. Right. If you want to be great at something, you, you have to be okay with sucking at it when you start. Right. Right. That's how it works. Like we, you have to be okay with this part, but you've got to get the reps in. That's such a great point because you said, uh, I mean, that's, that's my mentality, right? In staffs become presentations, not in staffs, they're presentations. Yeah. And it, every time you do it, um, I mean, I filmed myself so many times. I actually got stuff on YouTube from, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, me doing a nutrition seminar. And looking at it now, I'm like, Jesus, what am I doing? Uh, I, my curse count was like 14x of what it is now, too. There's <laughs> a lot of cursing going on. But guess what? Like, I would look at it and cringe and go, like, I got to stop doing, you know, this or um or. And the next time yeah. it was a little bit better. And then it was a little bit better. And, you know, and that's how. So if you do anything, just listen to us and start this, right? Whether yeah, it's, it's, well, it's particularly now with this, with the, the, uh, environment being like it is it's it's no longer an optional skill set for you right you have to get it just get like listen uh sh intermittent fasting or five meals a day pick one give me 15 minutes on it go like that's how i want you to work like you you don't have to go on academic quarantine and learn the thing <laughs> yeah. just like go something you already know like your clients ask you questions right that's that's your presentation like and and it's just Honestly, it's getting the reps in. It's uh, one of the, the advantages when you end up with like a, on a perform better tour is you, you're on a tour where you can do the same talk multiple times and you can get it sharper and sharper, right? And that's, but you've got no excuse for not doing fat loss 101 every eight weeks for your members, right? You've got new members and trust me, you weren't that good the first time. Some of them need to hear it again, right? Like, but you, you, it's like, I got this from Adam Campbell years ago. How do you become a better writer? You got to write every day. Right, like you got to be writing. Like you, you've got to write, and you got to edit your stuff, and you've got to improve. And it's just, it's, it's the, um, you know, Gladwell's ten thousand hour rule that kind of gets misinterpreted. It's, it's of dedicated practice will make you an expert. Not just, like you can't just be a trainer for a few years and say I've done ten thousand hours. That's not what it is. It's about dedicated practice. If you want to become a speaker or a writer, you've got to get your reps in. And it's just, it's, it starts with, with, you know, staff, staff training. It starts with your members. And then someone at your gym is going to ask you if you can do it at a lunch and learn for their business. And, and it just grows like that. But it's, it's, it's a skill set now. Like it's, it, like I said, is if, it, if we're going to have to do webinars where you can't see my face and I can't see the audience in order to teach, then that's, I will learn how to do that. I will like uh, a lot of guys get good at public speaking on front of a, bigger room but they're not good in a board meeting with eight people like they get a little uncomfortable with that and and you that's another skill set but if it can if it can be learned learn it that's what you uh that's i, I think that's the first time that i heard somebody say something if somebody 
if somebody has written or learned something means that you can learn that from them. Yeah. Right. I'm not exact quote, but it was something like that. But that was, that was profound. Yeah. Like if, yo, if, if you some... can, if you can read, you can learn yeah, anything that anybody's ever learned. <laughs> you just got to want it though. You should, you should, hey, I, I want to, here's, this is like a tough, I mean, tough question. It's a tough conversation in, in industry, but I definitely wanted to end with this because I mean, I, I have countless conversations. It's about like, all right, if you build a career in fitness, um, you know, the ex exit strategies and finances and like, you know, this is one of those industries that's had challenges with that. I, I, I think on average universally, right? Because yeah. I, I, I absolutely love this industry, you know, made it a career. I, I can't see myself, you know, leaving the industry. Um, and I'm as fired up about it as I've ever been. And, but, but that becomes the question for many coaches is like, Hey, when you reach a certain age and, you know, do you have a, you know, most people don't have 401ks and Roth IRAs and understand financial management and investments and things like that. Um, like, what do you feel like apart from, and maybe the answer obviously is just like, Hey, get good at finances and get good at savings and understanding yeah. that part of it, which I, I do think is a important thing, but just your thoughts around, uh, around, I would say building a career, but so that when this career is over, if it is, or even if you want to continue it, that you have security financially for your family, for your future. Um, and like I said, it's a tough conversation with most people, but I, I definitely wanted to ask you because you've been around for so long and I've done a lot of smart things in that area as well. I think sort of it comes back to we're, we're in a young field, right? And that actual being a fitness coach or a professional trainer is we're almost still first generation, right? Like you've got guys coming up, up under you, but I mean, prior to, to the guys who are coaching right now, who are we, who are we talking about? Jack Lalane, like Jake <laughs> Steinfeld and stuff. There wasn't a whole bunch of like, like the guys like uh, you know, Michael Boyle who are, who are, I don't want to say the end of his career, but they came before us, yeah. right? They're, they came before us, but we're, we're in at the same time as them and I've got coaches under me. So it's still a young field. I think the biggest challenge with it is um, if I ask a young coach about what they charge, they'll tell me something about, I'm not good at asking for money, right? It's a, cl a classic thing. I'm just not, or, or they don't do it for the money, which is right. Like just, that's just a lie you're telling yourself. Um, but if I said, all right, I'm going to run a, a class at your gym and I'm going to give all the money to the children's home, right? I'm going to teach a Saturday morning class. I'm going to charge 20 bucks and I want you to collect the money at the door as they're coming in and we're going to give it to the children's home. Could you do that? And they'll all say, yes, they could do that. Fine. And I go, well, next week I'm going to do one and it's going to be an advanced one. It's a master class. I'm going to charge $40 at this time. I'm going to keep the money, but can you collect it for me? They'll say, yes, I can. And I'm like, so you have no problem asking for money. It just matters who gets the money. You have a self-worth issue. You don't believe you're worth the money. And it starts there, right? That you should be able to out earn what you need right now. And it's just like, I'm not a financial planner, but the simple rules are to live below your means, so there's a little bit extra. You're paying yourself first. And then we, we use like a, the profit first formula from Mike yeah. Michalowicz's book. That money goes away and it can be redistributed to the shareholders or the owners of the gym, or it can be invested and make your money work for you. But step one, you've got to have self-worth and know what your own worth is, right? You've got to know that you're, you're worth it. And at a certain level of number of sessions, you, 
that's supply and demand. You need to charge a little more money. You need to find ways that one-on-one, -on -one, there's an upper limit to what someone's going to pay. Can you de get delivery systems where I can get small group training or large group training or remote training or a program design uh, module where you're working with people? So it starts like, I, I like always working backward, but that first step is to make sure how to figure out your own self-worth so the, the, the challenge right now is you if you're that young guy who's i'm not good at asking for money uh what would you have to learn in the next 90 days to make you a little better at that like what would your skill set have to become to make you better at being a coach so that you're not afraid of asking for money and you're really not afraid of it it's a self-worth issue because you wouldn't train people for giving them 20 bucks, right? You're, you're going to take something. There's, there's some level where, where, you're, where you're set, right? So that's, that's my first step is you start there. And then the idea is to generate enough money, leverage yourself, um, whether it's um, products that continue to sell, whether it's a team under you so that you can make money from, from helping them to make money. Uh, but it, the first step is that self-worth. And the second step is to just make a little bit more than you need and then put that, that money aside. Cause like you touched on it. If I talk to a bunch of gym owners, I'm like, Hey, you guys just somehow think between now and 70 years old, you're just going to accumulate this cash. That's your entire strategy is that I'll have enough clients and I'll just have an, enough cash. Well, that's, that's a dumb strategy, right? That's just like, that, that's not, not going to work. And without getting in it and investing or, or things like that, that there's a, just a few key things, but it really starts with getting that mindset, right? Getting that, that self-worth issue that, that you do such good work that you deserve to be compensated for it. Like you've got to get to that step is the first thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, it, it's the conversations that needs to be had, but I'm, like I said, you, you said it too, like no point in like driving into all these different ways that you can invest. I just think the conversation needs to happen from self-worth to living below your means to then looking into it and going like, what do I need to do so that, you know, yeah. whenever the time comes, I, I'm good and just have that conversation because the majority, I mean, let's be real, like even with, you know, gyms like, like ours, uh, yeah, you should build system as if you're going to sell it, but very rarely is it going to be where you sell it and go the, like, oh, we just got the, 36 the, million. You know? Yeah, the only people that's going to buy your, the systems have to be there. But to be honest, the, the only people that's going to buy Vigor or Results Fitness is a member or another coach, right? And you're not going to have a lot of money because somebody, an investor is going to come in and they'll buy an F45 or an Orange Stadium. They'll buy something with a really low payroll and really low skill set that they can scale up and sell. Like they, they won't buy that the high-end things like us. And, and even if they do, the, 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 like the, the, the massive profit margins that you all think we've got are not there. And that's what somebody's <laughs> going to be buying. So that's, that's yep. not true. But uh, yeah, you've got to, um, it's not being good with money is like, you're, you've got to be a pro. Like you can't say that anymore. Right? You're not allowed to say that anymore. Like, if, like it's um, unethical to be, be bad at money. It's unfair to your clients that you, you can't afford to put gas in your car to get to the training session, right? Like it starts there, like it starts with that self-worth that you've, you, you need a financial education, right? Like it's, I, I'd say a lot of young coaches out there, uh, males and females, they're really good at training and they've got high energy and 
they get better at programming. And if they've been listening to us, they'll start thinking about culture and they'll start thinking about coaching skills and communication. But understanding business skills, understanding presenting skills and speaking skills, getting good on video, getting good on, on audio, getting good writing, being able to have a conversation with an investor at a financial level where, where people can un understand. Um, you, you need a financial education too. And just start with, you know, I have a like a my basic rule when you want to learn something it's I I I put the topic into Amazon and I buy the top five best selling books on it right that's my first step like if you like, I think there's something that I may have you told me this that if you've read a book on any subject you know more than ninety percent of people <laughs> right like yeah you don't know more than an accountant about finance but if you've read any finance book you know more than most people. Right, but it it's uh, it, it starts with that. Um, I think it starts with that self worth, and it's like I'm I'm prepared to like question my own self and where audit my own abilities as a professional, and one of them might be financial education or or business knowledge or leadership. And then you you go you get to work. You put the work as 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 our, my buddy Pedro says, is you do the work now. Like you figure out the thing and you do the work. Man, listen, I, I, you're, you're one of those people that I love dearly, but we could talk for probably 10 hours straight with absolutely no problem because I got like 72 other questions I want to ask you. Uh, but that, that creates- Maybe one day I'll be allowed back. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's the creates the dot, dot, dot for the next one, man. Yeah. Um, hey, thank you so much. This was, this was fantastic. I, I, I hope and definitely think a lot of people got a lot of insights on it, but uh, please share anything. I mean, Alan's done so much stuff that you should guys, you know, uh, he's one of those Google him people. Uh, but where would you like to lead people to find out more about you, man? Right now, most of my stuff is I'm actually on, a, I'd say if I say one place, it's my Instagram account, trying to, mm -hmm. trying to grow that a little bit. And that's where I'm, I'm the, as things evolve, that, that may be, be changing. But right now, that's my, my social media home base. And that's just my name. And uh, if you're there, I'll tell you things that we got going on. And obviously, our live events this year are, or we'll be, be going, uh, we'll, we'll be canceled and we'll be coming delivered a different way. And uh, so that, that's the place to get me. And then I just, honestly, I try my, my best to, uh, anybody who sends me a question, if I can't answer it in real time, I, I will answer it on an Instagram live or an IGTV or, or something. I try to answer everything, but I may not be able to get a dialogue with everybody, but I, I do, I remember being that, that young coach and just, trying to figure out the answers you know and and uh, I, I take that that uh, role very seriously as young coaches when they ask me questions so love to hear from anybody listening to this and uh, before, you know what before we leave I do want to tell a story because you do t take that seriously I remember that this is probably poof 14 years ago I, I meet you like at one of the perform betters and then uh and you spent some time talking to me and I uh, wrote your handwritten note and sent you a book. I can't remember what the book was. And, uh, and you next time through you, you, you remembered and you were like, and you were like, ah, you're the Slovenian guy. I remember you. <laughs> and, but, but my point was that like, there was, there's a lot of people I would want to talk to and, and weren't as, as nice and uh, willingly would give up their time and look like, and not just look like, but actually were enthusiastic about it. So uh, you know, I want to, I want to bring that up. One, it's something that, you know, influenced me to be very, very open and pay it forward as much as possible. But I, I got that from you. So, I, and I remember that from 14 years oh. ago. So I just want to, uh, 
you know, let everybody know. Well, I, th I think that's a, a core value thing. Like it's not just some stuff you say, right? Like it's, it's something that is important to me. Like I don't, I don't want to, like I'll, I'll sit at a seminar until all the questions are answered and nobody has anything left. And it's just me and one guy left in an empty room often and answering <laughs> the questions. But, you know, I've, I've been on that other side. Right. And I've been like, I've had guys not, not help. And, you know, it's just not who I am. And uh, so I'm, um, and I'm, I'm proud of you for paying it forward. You're doing amazing stuff. So if I influence you even a little bit in this, look, man, I'm very proud. You absolutely have, man. Thank you again. Hey guys, listen, uh, we appreciate you for tuning in. You could have been anywhere else, but you lent your ears to us as always do something. Like if something yeah. kicked you in the gut, man, make sure you take action on it. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Vigor Life Podcast. Peace out. Cheers, guys.